Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight if you would. I'd like you to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, while you're turning in your scriptures tonight, Acts chapter 1, as you're turning, as you're opening the scriptures tonight, as we're celebrating the day of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost, after Jesus had been risen from the dead, he was on the earth 40 days, and he was giving witness of his resurrection, but the last thing that he commanded his disciples to do before ascending into heaven was this, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. He told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. These are the words of Jesus. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We know 10 days later, the Holy Spirit was then poured out in Jerusalem as the mighty rushing wind of God came upon those in the upper room who were there in prayer in one accord on the day of Pentecost, 50 days. Ten days later, at Pentecost, the fire would fall. Say that tonight. The fire would fall. Say it again. The fire would fall. Say it again. Come on. The fire would fall. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, these again are the prophetic words of Jesus, His divine promise. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. I love this. It was the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Jerusalem on this festival. The official day actually would become the birthplace and the launching pad of the church of the new covenant. Isn't that awesome? As Peter got up and proclaimed what was actually happened because of this outpouring of the Spirit, 3,000 would come to put their faith in the risen Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, give Him praise tonight. Under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, we know that Moses, he returned, descending down from Mount Sinai. He was there up in the thick cloud of the Lord, receiving the Torah and receiving the Ten Commandments from the Lord. Face to face as Moses would interface with King Jesus and receiving the Lord's heart up in the cloud of glory, it was there that the Lord told him in the beginning, in the beginning. The, the scriptures tell us that, that God passed before Moses in that place up in the glory, up on Mount Sinai. He said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to let my glory pass before you. And I'm not going to show you my front at this time. I'm going to show you my back. And in the King James, it literally says, God says, I'm going to show you my hinder parts. Now, stay with me here. That doesn't mean that God mooned Moses. It doesn't mean I'm going to pass by and show you my hind end. What God was saying was, I'm going to pass before you, and I'm going to show you where I have been in time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
He says, I'm going to let my glory pass before you, and I'm going to show you where I have been in eternity past. And then when I began to move in what I created, what you know to be time. Are you with me? But unfortunately, as Moses was up there in the glory realm and before the very throne of the Lord, literally the throne of the Lord had come down, we know that when when Moses first encountered God, he, enco- he encountered God in a burning bush. And he said, go and get my people out of captivity. Go and loose them and free them out of captivity. And when you have brought them back to this place, this mountain, you will know that I have been with you. But when he returned, what happened? It was no longer a burning bush. Now the entire mountain was on fire. Fire with burning and lightnings and thunderings and the voice of the Lord. And the children of Israel were terrified, terrified to look upon the mountain. He went from a burning bush to a burning mountain. Ephesians chapter 1 calls that what what I like to call the ever-increasing greatness of God's power. Paul prayed that, that we would know the ever-increasing glory of his power. But now Moses is descending, and he's hearing a troubling in the camp. And unfortunately, down in the camp, the children of Israel could not be patient any longer. And they moved into a place of idolatry where Aaron led them, and the people came together, and they created a golden calf. And they began to throw themselves at this golden calf and worship it, and Moses is coming down. Can you imagine the tension that he is feeling? Can you imagine the grieving that that he is feeling? He is communicating with God face to face. The finger of God has written in the stone of the mountain and decreed his commandments now to bring to the people. Now he is descending into the place where the children of Israel are worshiping in full idolatry. The Bible tells us that Moses took those commandments in such grief, overtaken by anger, and threw the the commandments down to the ground and destroyed them. Can you imagine? He had to go back up 40 days again to be with the Lord and to have the commandments written once again. It was in that day that 3,000 Israelites died at the foot of the mountain. Wow. You can put this in your notes tonight. Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 through 19. It was on Mount Sinai as Moses was in the cloud. The presence was accompanied by fire, smoke, lightning, and the sound of thunder. Yet when you compare it to Acts chapter 2, that we're going to look at tonight, as Pentecost was poured out by the Holy Spirit, it was accompanied by a rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire, and different languages that were spread abroad. Now again, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, when he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and preached, and 3,000 believed that day and came into the kingdom. 
Notice the difference from Mount Sinai where the law was given and then judgment was executed. Yet when you look at Mount Zion, when grace was poured out, 3,000 were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. I love it. The presence of God, yes, I hear that. (laughs) That's an amen. They're raising a hallelujah tonight. The presence of God was symbolized in the cloud. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night as God led the children of Israel out of bondage. And later we know that the presence of God would be moved into a temple. That God would then dwell amongst his people in the midst of them. But on the day of Pentecost, we know this, that the Spirit of God began to inhabit for the very first time a new and living temple. Literally, the dream of God would be born. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. I am literally going to dwell inside on the heart of my people. Paul says, he says, know you not that you are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the Torah and, of course, the commandments would be the teaching for the Old Covenant, for the Old Testament that would lead the children of Israel. But at Pentecost, our teacher would become forever the Holy Ghost. I want you to look at Acts chapter 2 tonight. I've had have you turn there. Powerful scriptures here. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were seated. And then what appeared unto them was divided tongues as of fire. And one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound, this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because they heard every one of them speaking in their own language. And they were amazed and they marveled, saying to one another, look, are these not all Galileans? How is it then that we hear our own language in which we were born, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phagira, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining the Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, and they were perplexed, saying to one another, whatever does this mean? Yet others were mocking, and they said, oh, they're just full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice, and he said to them, men of Judea, all of you in Jerusalem, let it be known to you, and heed my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only at the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on your maidservants and on your men servants as well, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. Come on. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapor and smoke and sun. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Love this. Love this. If there was ever a day that we needed a fresh outpouring in the United States of America, it is 2021. Come on, it is 2021. We are believing and we know we are entering into a brand new era where the Holy Ghost is going to torch this nation like beyond anything we have ever seen before. I was reading out of my journal. I pulled out some old journals this morning, and I began to read something that I wrote in 2011. This is 10 years ago. 2011, this is what I wrote. I wrote, I said, to you, Sarasota, (laughs) to you, Sarasota, the city will become a visual aid of heaven touching earth. A new poem and a song from Almighty God. A new sound and a new song of God. A picture of limitless possibilities. Spirit and truth worship will break forth in increase as the glory of God will descend upon you. And many will come to the waters. And rivers will flow again where there have been barren and dry riverbeds. And God is going to indulge himself here amongst us. I wrote on that day, I said, he will have a resting place of a habitation, and no one will be exempt. He will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. I wrote on that day, and I said, Heaven wants to envelop Sarasota and join us in worship. Heaven's fire longs to fall on the altar of honor and sacrifice. Where God can indulge himself, his throne of glory, as it is in heaven. And many people will come to the waters, no, not to the beach, but to the waters of life that will flow forth out of his throne to Sarasota. And I wrote on, heaven will come down. And the fire of His holiness will come and great joy will be everywhere. Heaven is a place of the fiery throne 
of immeasurable, everlasting joy. In the presence of our glorious King, there is fullness of joy. And I wrote on, the celebration needs to increase. The drunkenness and intoxication of the Spirit of the Lord must increase. We must have another day of Pentecost. If you want heaven and the earth, I wrote, then you better be ready for the Holy Spirit's pure joy to be restored into your life. In every way, we shall see. We shall see brokenness. And we shall see those who are broken set free from their bondage. And we will be like those who laughed. And we will be like those who dreamed again. I hunger, in closing I wrote, I hunger for the sound of heaven in Sarasota. And the multitudes will come to the sound of heaven and to the voice of his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pentecost is when the Lord comes to indulge himself. Shane, do me a favor. Shut those blinds. They're just blasting these folks over here. My wife's always an angel, but tonight she's really illuminated. There you go. Does that help you, honey? She's squinting down there. She's like. Pentecost is when the Lord indulges himself amongst his people, where the Holy Spirit comes in power, where the Holy Spirit comes in great glory. We are in need. We are a people who are desperate, desperately in need for a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Our nation is dependent in this hour, that the church be immersed in a fresh baptism and outpouring of the Spirit that will literally change the spiritual trajectory forever of this wayward prodigal nation in this hour. I don't like to say this, but I have to speak the truth tonight. Because there has been a very weak American, Americanized culture, there has been a structure for at least about the last 30 years here in the United States of America where we have created atmospheres that are, that are no more created than by this, by administration. We have created church atmospheres by administration by structure, and let me go even farther, by control, and by making sure that our services are actually tamed. Why? So that we can draw people. I present to you tonight once again, we have to refocus our priorities. We must position ourselves first and foremost to attract the presence of our almighty King of Kings. We are here to throw out the welcome mat for the Holy Spirit. We are, we are not here for entertainment. We're not here for the fluff of church and peanuts and popcorn and all of that. We are truly here for the outpouring 
of the Spirit of God where God can take His indulgence in His people and fill us with fire and possess His church. Many get nervous when you begin to talk about a real Pentecost. Many get nervous. They get nervous when you start talking about a real Pentecost. And it is because we've come out of 30, 40 years of the American church being so dead, so barren, and so satisfied with death and barrenness. But the Holy Spirit has a mega plan. I said a mega plan, not a MAGA plan, a mega plan. Did you catch the difference? <laughs> Are you with me tonight? I want to remind you what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, he said, do not quench the Spirit. Are you with me tonight? Say it, do not quench the Spirit. It means do not put the Spirit out. Do not put His fire out. Do not grieve God. Do not grieve God. The Holy Spirit is every bit as much as God the Father and God the Son. Are you hearing me? He said you better be careful. Make sure you do not quench the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on in verse 20. He says, do not despise prophecies. I hear the Lord saying tonight, you keep this fire burning. You keep this fire burning. Write it down tonight to quench. If I quench something, it means I put it out. It means I extinguish it. Here's another one for you. If I quench it, it means I suppress it. I squelch it. I dissolve it. Another definition for it is I put an end to it, and I hate this word, I destroy it. Wow. He says you make sure you do not quench the moving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is God. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is God. Are you with me tonight? And again, frankly, we have been in a society, a church culture, who we have operated all of our churches, unfortunately, not even needing the administration of the Holy Spirit. It's like church can just go on without any movement of the Holy Ghost. I want to go and tell you, I'll be the first on the record to tell you, we can't do anything at Victory at Church of His Presence without the Holy Ghost. Jesus said... Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Without the Lord being the master builder of the church, those who labor, they will labor in vain. We must have God. We must have the Spirit of God leading us. Are you with me tonight? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The Apostle Paul writes these powerful words. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Let's read it again. But the natural man does not receive 
the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, but they are spiritually discerned. Notice that. The things of the Spirit of God must be spiritually discerned. You can't just grasp a hold of them with the natural mind. The natural mind will war and fight against the things of the Spirit. Have you, have you realized this? People will often and frequently criticize what they just do not understand. Have you, have you seen that? Of course you have. And in case you didn't, I want you to look in Acts 2 again. Because the scriptures make it so clear, others were mocking. They were seeing something going on they couldn't explain. They were hearing something that was just unexplainable. It was beyond their natural mind. And many began to mock. And Peter had to get up and explain the phenomena of the Spirit of God. Did you notice that people thought that they were drunk? Okay, I'm going to try this side. Did you notice that people thought that they were drunk? Thank you very much. That's right. Something was going on radical. Something was going on unexplainable. But in their natural mind, all they could do was attach it to, I think I might have seen that before. And when I look at it, my only definition, definition for it is they look like drunken people. See, all of you are really comfortable right now. You know how to do this. You're, you're good with this, with maybe a little bit of teaching and preaching and exhorting and encouragement. But what if the Holy Spirit began to move on individuals in this place tonight where it got really, really radical and began to ruffle you just a little bit? What if the Holy Spirit began to intoxicate victory, a church of His presence, in such a way that it made people eh, a little uncomfortable? I submit to you, I submit to you, we are in desperate need of a move of God. I submit to you, we must have a moving of the Holy Ghost. And I am believing for, we're going to see this house overtaken by the Spirit of God, where we are going to be inebriated, overtaken, drunk, if you will, in the Holy Ghost. Why would Paul tell us, don't be drunk with wine? And it's in its excess, but be filled, be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Folks, the Holy Spirit is not coming to bless our meeting. The Holy Spirit is coming to take over. The Holy Spirit's not coming just to help Brian preach and to help us receive a little bit and worship. And no, the Holy Spirit is desiring to come and take over our gatherings. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to take over our gatherings, what will happen is the masses will come to the sound of heaven. They heard a sound. 
Give me some more. Give me some more, Mike, here. They heard a sound of a rushing mighty wind hitting Jerusalem. They heard a sound. I want to hear a sound hitting Sarasota, Florida, and that people know it is the burning Spirit of God. Oh, my gosh. I believe that how we have functioned in the past in the church world here in America is worlds away from how God desires to move amongst His church. In my heart of hearts, I will tell you, I believe that in these last days, our gatherings are going to become the most epic gatherings in the glory of God that will unleash that will unleash such power, such anointing, such glory. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to be so poured out in this hour, we are going to surpass the book of Acts. I believe it. This church was a, a church that was filled with the Spirit, and they were intoxicated by the Spirit. I want you to write this down tonight. The church that Jesus gave birth to and filled with His Spirit became a sign and a wonder. The church that Jesus gave birth to and filled with His Spirit became a sign and a wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, we know this. The church is not a building. We need a building. How many of you know that? We need a building, but the church is not the building. I'm looking at the church. Hallelujah. I'm looking at the beautiful church. The church is not a denomination. The church is a born-again people filled with the awe and wonder of the Holy Ghost. The church is a sign and a wonder. When you drive out to Chick-fil-A, it's easy to find because you see the sign, right? Touch somebody and say, thank God for Chick-fil-A. Glory to God. Philip, I feel waffle fries coming on me right now. Sheke rababa. Ha sheke. I feel waffle fries in this house tonight. When you stop at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> I'm getting an amen out of my daughter tonight. You don't park underneath the sign and hang out underneath the sign in the parking lot. Why? Because a sign always points to a greater reality. A sign always points to a greater reality. A wonder is something that cannot be explained. A sign is something that points to a greater reality. A wonder is that which cannot even be explained. When Jesus birthed his church on the day of Pentecost by filling it with the Holy Ghost and fire, he birthed a sign and a wonder, truly an anomaly in the earth. I believe that the Lord wants to fill us in such a way that people stand back and they're in awe of what God is doing in our midst. I say, God, shake us up. Come on, shake us up. My God. The birthing place, Acts chapter 2, I'm back there again. The Holy Spirit fell on them. They were in one accord in one place. And the people began to marvel. And now when you look in Acts 2, verse 7, 
This is interesting. It says that the people were amazed. There's a big word for you, amazed. How many of you think that, that, that people in America describe the church with this word, amazed? <laughs> oh, my. Look at verse 7. It also says they were, they were amazed and they marveled. How many of you think are using the word in America today to describe the church, marveled? Look at verse 12. It says they were perplexed. Let me give you some definition. Amaze means to affect with great wonder. To marvel means that they're surprised, they're astonished, and they're in awe. Wow, that's powerful. They marveled. It means they were surprised, they were astonished, and they were in awe. You know what? I want us to be so marked by the fire and the glory of God, that when people come into victory, they are in awe of the fire of God's holiness. And they recognize when they came here, I encountered the living God. There is something different happening here. I encountered the heart and the face of Jesus. Perplexed. Write it down, perplexed. You know what it means? It means they were uncertain. They were puzzled and they were troubled. Oh, I love that. Perplexed means you were troubled. You know what? I want people to come to victory and be troubled. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. I want people to come here and God take a hold of them and shake them in such a way. They can't live the same any longer. They can't live the same any longer. That when they come here, when they come here, that the sword of the Spirit cuts them up out of a bed of fornication. The sword of the Spirit takes them out of adultery. The sword of the Spirit takes them out of sin and perversion and lust. The sword of the Spirit moves. And people that are dealing with identity, sexual identity, dysphoria, are set in place. And in a moment, and in a moment, they know who they are and who they were created to be from the very beginning. We're not going to need hours of counseling and hours of counseling. The Spirit of God, the Counselor Himself, the Holy Ghost is going to move on us in such a way. He's going to set every house in order. I'm talking about houses. He's going to set lives in order. I'm talking about us becoming a house of encounter where the Spirit of God is poured out for all to see. Just how I feel tonight. Come on. My wife and I watched the Spirit of God fall when we were ministering years ago in the nation of Italy. My God, it was indescribable, wasn't it, honey? 
the glory and the power of God fell in that camp meeting that we were doing on the Adriatic Sea. We watched transvestites walking in off the streets, men dressed as women coming into the presence of God, finding, and I'm skipping a lot of details, but finding their way to an altar, and it was not pretty. I'm telling you, it was not pretty watching the Lord take hold of these men and deliver them from their uncleanness. But I'm going to tell you something. When those men got up off of that floor, they were transformed by the glory of God. I'm talking about the presence of God setting everything right and setting it in order. Those that have been bound by religion, those that have been bound by rebellion, those that have been bound by antichrist spirits coming in to the presence of God and being washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. We need an outpouring. We need an outpouring, Lord Jesus, of your spirit. Oh, God. God longs to set every human heart on fire. He longs to set every human heart on fire. There's something about God that he loves fire. He is fire. He he loved to create beautiful angels of fire that we're going to see forever. We're going to have interaction with them. We're going to be talking with them. We're going to be speaking with them. We're going to be watching them worship, and they're going to be watching us worship. Are you with me tonight? I can't wrap my mind around it. I have to wrap my heart around this, that the God of the universe, the known and the unknown universe. He dreamt about living on the inside of mankind to make us his throne so that no longer his presence would rest in a temple. But he said, no, no, I'm going to live and dwell. I'm going to fill my people with my spirit. I'm no longer just going to be with them. I'm going to be in them. In Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, the prophet declared, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all your people and your sons and your daughters. They will prophesy. And your old men, they're going to dream dreams. Do you hear that? You're going to dream dreams. Men, You're going to dream dreams. You're young men. You're going to see visions. You're going to see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. There you go, ladies. Men and women. I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show you wonders in the heavens. I want you to write this down. To be filled with the spirit of God is to be filled with dreams and visions that are far too compelling to ignore. To be filled with the Spirit of God 
is to be filled with dreams and visions that are far too compelling for you to ever ignore. You won't be able to shake a dream, a true dream and a vision from God. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pour out my spirit. And you're going to start dreaming. And I'm going to give you visions. And you're going to prophesy. You're going to move in prophecy. You're going to see me doing it. And you're going to declare it into the earth realm. I'm telling you, God has possessed my heart. And I'm asking for more. But God has possessed my heart for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost for the United States of America. I am not letting go of the dream. I am not letting go of the vision. I am not letting go of the prophetic words that God has spoken over the ultimate comeback and the divine turnaround for this nation. I believe we are about to see God do something so extraordinary that we will back up in awe, in wonder, in perplexed, and know God has moved and God has answered the cry and the prayers now of the ecclesia. Come on. And the answer to these prayers is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The answer and the Savior and the Redeemer of America is the Holy Ghost. You know, Jesus is the king of the comeback. You know that? How many of you know that? He's the king of the comeback. There's a lot of people right now that are counting on Trump's comeback. I'm going to tell you something. I'm obsessed with Jesus' comeback. Do I believe? Do I believe that God is still going to use Donald Trump? Ha ha. Yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. But I am obsessed with the king of the comeback who's about to move in our country. We're going to be at all. We're going to be perplexed. We're moving into a time of signs and wonders and miracles and breakout and harvest. It's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah, it's coming. The world needs more than inspirational sermons. The world needs more than inspirational sermons. The world needs a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. The world needs a church that is having the Holy Spirit hovering over it and releasing glory and fire upon it. This is what we're hungering for. We are hungering for a fresh Pentecost. I'm about to turn 48 this summer. But 40 years ago, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I remember, I remember when my mom and dad were filled with the Holy Ghost, how it transformed their life, how they were set free from drugs, from alcohol, from perversion, from vices. The Holy Spirit literally cleansed out our lives in our house. Our house went from the presence of demons and darkness to the presence of the Holy Ghost and angels. And I remember, I remember being at an altar one night, seven years of age, 
seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a woman that I was terrified in our church, Sister Jean. Oh my, Sister Jean. I was terrified of her. She was, forgive me, she was a very large woman. And I was a little bitty wee boy. And when she came walking through the church, man, I was fleeing. I was like, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, she scared me. My, well, I'm, my, my dad, my dad, I know, Dad, you're watching. You know exactly what I'm going to say. My dad, he used to torment me. He'd say, I'm telling you, Brian, you get out of line, and I'm going to send you to live with Sister Jean. <laughs> Sister Jean had a house full of delinquent children that she was helping to, you know, bring into order. She had a bunch of kids in her house that she was raising. And cracking the whip. <laughs> My dad would say that. I'll tell you, you get out of line, I'm sending you to the sister jeans. <laughs> but that night, I was at the altar. And I was, I was right up by the, the right side of the church. I know exactly where I was at, right up the steps, right by the piano. And I was praying, and I was saying, Lord, would you fill me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire? That was 40 years ago. Would you fill me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? My little mind, seven years old, my little heart for God, God, would you fill me? And all of a sudden, this hand reached out and laid on my back. And I stopped praying, and I thought, oh, who's praying for me? And I, it could have been my dad. It could have been my mom. Well, guess who it was? To my everlasting terror, <laughs> I turned slowly and looked, and I was stunned. And Sister Jean looked right at me, and she said, Sweetheart, you're asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight, aren't you? And I said, Yes. She said, Well, go ahead and keep praying because you're about to receive right now. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I turned and within moments, suddenly, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I, be, out of my innermost being, like a river, I began to speak in other tongues and began to weep before the Lord. Hallelujah. Forty years later, it's still the greatest gift besides my wife. In my life, you need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You need an infilling so that when you don't know when, what to pray, when you look at the landscape of this world, when you see confusion, when you look at the terrain of this generation and nothing makes sense, God, how do I even pray? You can go into that secret place with the Lord and begin to lift your voice and begin to pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit who knows all things will begin to groan and pray through you the very perfect will of God. You need, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, and it is for you. Oh, it is for you, and it's for you tonight. You, those of you that were filled years ago, you can have so many fresh baptisms again and again and again. For those of you that have never been filled 
and, and spoken with other tongues, with heavenly tongues, tonight can be your night. Come on. Come on. I'm going to close out of Acts 13 tonight. And I felt led to put this in right at the tail before we open the altars. And we're about to do that. Prayer team, I just want you to begin to prepare yourself. You don't have to come in, but just prepare yourself. You know what I'm talking about. Acts 13, I'm going to read you three verses. It says, now in the church that was in the city of Antioch, there were certain prophets. Cody, would you go ahead and come too, buddy? There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucius from Cyrene, and Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, watch these next words, they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They ministered unto the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them and then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they set them away. I want to highlight this tonight. They ministered unto the Lord. I want you to underline that in your scriptures tonight. There is a sacred art. Help me with the kids, parents, please. There is a sacred art that we have to learn about hosting the presence of God and how to minister unto the Lord face to face. This is all part of the incorporation of the Spirit of God resting heavily upon this church. Every single one of us need the infilling of the Spirit of God. Every single one of us, from these little children to those in kids' church tonight, all of you in the family room here, every one of us must have an infilling of the Spirit of God. But also, we must move into a place where we learn the sacred art of what it means to minister unto the Lord. How did they do it? They prayed and they fasted. They prayed and they fasted. When you come to victory, we're not coming to be entertained. We're coming to minister unto the Lord. You know why the glory is increasing in this house? You know why the tangible presence is becoming such a saturation on this house? We're learning how to minister unto the Lord. I make you this commitment make you this commitment. This church will always, always be about the Holy Spirit's business. Always. We will always honor, honor the Holy Ghost. And we will move into a deeper place of learning what it is to minister to Him. I want you to stand tonight with me. Glory to God.
Glory to God. Holy Spirit, pour yourself out here tonight. Holy Spirit, release your precious gift of fire in heavenly language tonight. Holy Spirit, release the power of Jesus for healing and wonders and miracles in this house tonight. Let's pray this together. I just want you to come into agreement right now that this altar will experience the river of fire from the throne of the Lord. Just a river, a river of fire from the throne of God tonight. That in this place there will be outpouring of the Holy Ghost in lives here. I want the, the um, altar team to come right now to prepare yourself. Hallelujah. To those of you, I want to give this plea tonight. You desire to either be filled with the Holy Spirit or you have been filled before and you want a fresh infilling. And if that's you tonight, or if you have any level of need for a healing and a miracle in your body, in your family, in a relationship, I want you to come and receive. Everybody lift your hands tonight, would you? Those of you that are in the altars, let's lift our hands towards the people of God. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Move upon the people of God. Those of you that are listening right now on the internet, those of you that are online live with us right now, Holy Spirit, pour yourself out on them. Pour yourself out on them, Lord. Give them a fresh baptism, a fresh infilling of the fire of the Lord. Let the love of God possess them tonight, oh Jesus. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight you need, a, you need an infilling of the Holy Spirit or you need a fresh infilling. I want you to step out from where you're at. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.